Welcome, welcome, welcome. Shalom, shalom. Welcome, world changers. Yes, I am really looking forward to this. I was looking through this passage of scripture earlier, and it is just one of the most powerful portions of scripture in Isaiah. So we are going to be talking about the voice crying in the wilderness. We're going to be talking about grasping the concept of mortality. We're going to be talking about the greatness of God, the great comforter, the great redeemer, the servant, the song of praise. Also, fear not, the first and the last, the great creator, the fall of Babylon, and no rest for the wicked. No rest for the wicked. This is Isaiah chapter 40. Wow. And this is quite quite the passage to start out with. I'm telling you, the greatness of God. Comfort. Comfort my people, says your God. Speak kindly to Jerusalem and call out to her that her warfare has ended, that her guilt has been removed, that she has received the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one calling out, clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Let every valley be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. And let the uneven ground become a plain and the rugged terrain a broad valley. Now, before I get into too much here, I want to um, talk about this here. Clear the way, this this particular um, translation, which is the NASB, says, clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Now, uh, most, most of us are very familiar with the King James uh, lingo that says, prepare the way of the Lord, right? And it's in really this is um, uh, spoken of in uh, the New Testament uh, being fulfilled by John the Baptist. However, there's a very interesting concept here. I want to pull this up and let's just do this together. Uh, Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. Let's just kind of dissect this, especially in the interlinear. Uh, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye. Okay, pana, pana, in the Hebrew, in the Hebrew, pana means turn. See this? It's translated turn more than any other, more than anything else. We also have it uh, translated as look or uh, prepare, regard, respect, look back, turn away, turn back. And so right there we have just in that one word, and you, you won't see that in the typical King James Version, but just within that one word alone, we have the concept of turning, you know, uh, teshuva, so to speak, uh, turning from sin, especially turn to God and turn away from sin. It's an amazing, amazing thing. So I'll just go back here to the interlinear. So turn, prepare ye. Can you imagine? Prepare ye means turn. Turn, the way, is translated from the Hebrew word derek. Okay. You know that saying, um, you know, he's fallen off the derrick or, you know, that kind of thing. You know, it's a saying he's fallen off the derrick, so to speak. If, you, if you've if you've lost your way, you've uh, you've backslidden, you know, you're you've fallen away. 
that's the that's the idea. If you're if you're falling away from God, you you're off the derrick, uh, you're off the path, the way. Um, so what it says here, literally, is really turn back to the way of the Lord. Isn't that amazing? We don't see that in many English translations. It says, prepare ye the way. Oh, why? Is, sometimes I got to shake my head. Why did the translators decide to use the word prepare instead of turn back to the path, to the, you know, to the way, get, get back on the derrick, so to speak, get back on the way of the Lord. That's what it's all about, right? Again, it's all about that. Getting back on the way of the Lord, getting back on the right, turn your back on sin and getting on the path of God, pursuing, pursuing him, seeking him with all your heart. So yeah, it should say, turn to the way, turn, turn away from sin and turn to the Lord. Get back on the path, get back on the derrick of the Lord. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Make straight. Uh, Yasar, you know, the um, uh, Yasar actually is a Hebrew word that means, uh, uh, it can also be translated jasher, means the upright, okay? Upright or straight, okay? Um, make up, be upright, be straight, you know, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Elohim is what it's translated from. So again, isn't that amazing? Isn't that just absolutely amazing? Uh, I have never heard this preached in any church that I've ever been to. I've never heard that preached the way it really, what it really says in the original. Because it sounds like you got to prepare the way of the Lord. No, it's not about preparing the way of the Lord like that. Although that's a good idea. I mean, in principle, but... What what it really says is turn away from like turn back to the to God basically get back on the derrick get back on the path pursue God pursue God pursue righteousness straight um, uprightness yashar amazing 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 uh, so let's get back here to our reading so clear the way for the Lord no 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 turn to turn back to the Lord. Get back on the derrick. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Let every valley be lifted up and every mountain be and hill be made low. And let every, excuse me, and, and, uh, and let the uneven ground become a plain, a rugged terrain, a broad valley. Okay, so, um, this is a concept that is what we read many times throughout the scriptures, and that is, uh, this is not to be taking, taken in a hyper-literal sense. What this means is, let, every, let everyone who is full of pride be brought low. Humble yourself, and everyone who is humble will be lifted up, okay? Everyone who is humble, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, as it says in James, and, and he will lift you up in due time. 
Okay. So this is what this is all about. It's about how God kind of inverts, inverts. Um, he's kind of like the God of inversion, isn't he? You know, he makes the deaf to, to hear. He makes the blind to see. But sometimes, you know, he makes the seeing blind too, right? I mean, people who should be seeing, you think. But what he does, he inverts. He, he's kind of like the God of inversion. He's like the... Um, what do they call that? The old-fashioned photo um, um, negative, right? You call it negative. He's like, he's like taking the negative and inverting it to real color, to reality. Uh, it's very, very interesting. Let every valley be lifted up. Let every mountain be brought low. It's like making everything even. Bringing up the humble, bringing down the proud. I would say maybe not even even, but rather uh, inverted, right? Instead of being, instead of the humble being down and the proud being up, the humble will be up and the proud will be down. Then the glory of the Lord will be re revealed in verse five here. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed in the footnotes in order that, in order that, isn't that amazing? In order that the glory of the Lord be revealed. So, you want the glory of the Lord to be revealed? We've got we've to aim for this. We've got to pray that God brings, brings down the lofty ones. Brings down the lofty ones. Brings up. Lifts up those who are lowly. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed. You want to experience the glory of the Lord? It's the glory of the Lord. Humble yourself. Humble yourself mightily. I mean, come before him as a little child. Completely surrendered to him. Completely full of completely full Of trust. You know, so that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Yes. Being like a little child. Remember, uh, Yeshua said, you know, be like a little child. Come before him, you know, uh, to such as the kingdom of heaven. To come before God as a little child. It's amazing. It's amazing. Like your every breath, your very existence, every your your very sustenance is is fully a hundred percent dependent upon him. Hundred percent. Without him you would die. But you trust in him so much you don't even think about it. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all flesh will see it. Together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Again, it's got. I, I keep on getting. You know, I keep on thinking about how. You know, we always talk about this. You know how uh, there's so much authority in these prophets. So much authority. You don't get that so much in other books. Okay, um, some of the books. Each book has its own level in the hierarchy of scripture, and. Uh, I do like to always remind the our modern Christian 
uh, what would you call it? <laughs> Those who parrot the modern Christian narrative, I, I always have to remind them, you know, we never see Paul talking like this. We see, we see the, this, the prophets speaking like this very, very much, right? For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Thus saith the Lord. A voice cries out. A voice says, call out. Then he answered, what shall I call out? All flesh is grass, and its loveliness, its beauty, is like the flower of the field. The, the grass wears the flower fades when the breath, again, here this, this, this word breath is actually uh, the ruach, right? the, the spirit of the Lord blows upon it. Sometimes I, I got to wonder, you know, you have a lot of people, uh, especially those who are leaning a little bit more towards the charismatic ways, right? They, you know, like, Spirit of God, breathe on me. Sometimes I got to think about this. Hmm. The grass withers and the flower fades. In other words, all flesh is as grass, and the, and the beauty of it is like the flower of the field. The grass withers and the flower fades when the Spirit of the Lord blows upon it. The people, it says here in verse 7, the people are indeed grass. Wow. The people wither. Right? And, and the beauty of, of the people fades. When the Spirit of the Lord blows upon it. Excuse me. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Power. Go up on a high mountain, Zion, messenger of good news. Raise your voice forcefully, Jerusalem, messenger of good news. Raise it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. Wow. You imagine having that much confidence? And not just doing it in presumption, doing it in truth, in spirit. Can you imagine having that much confidence and that much of the demonstration of the Spirit and of God with you that you can confidently stand in the city and lift up your voice? Here is your God. That's pretty powerful. Behold, the Lord God will come with might. With his arm ruling for him, behold, his, com his compensation is with him and his reward before him. Like a shepherd, he will tend his flock. In his arm, he will gather the, the lambs and carry them in the fold of his robe. He will gently lead the nursing ewes. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and measured the heavens with a span and calculated the dust of the earth with a, with a measure? and weighed the mountains in a balance, and the hills in a pair of scales. Who has directed the Spirit of the Lord as his counselor has informed him? With whom did he consult, and who gave him understanding? And who taught him in the path of justice, and taught him knowledge, and informed him in the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are regarded as a speck of dust on the scales. Behold, he lifts up the eye like fine dust. 
Even Lebanon is not enough to burn, nor its animals enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are regarded by him as less than nothing and meaningless. To whom then will, will you liken God? You know, that Hebrew saying, Mikamoka. Who is, who is like you? Or what likeness will you compare with him? As for the idol, a craftsman casts it, a goldsmith plates it with gold, a silversmith uh, fashions chains of silver. He who is too impoverished for such an offering selects a tree that does not rot. He seeks out for himself a skilled craftsman to prepare an idol that will not totter. And notice where this it's always talking about always talking about um, carving an idol always talking about an idol uh, this is one of the reasons this is a concept that we see uh, many times throughout the Tanakh and this is one of the reasons why I do not believe that Jer the, the passage in Jeremiah speaking about oh, you, you know you go into a forest you chop down a tree you know and you take that tree and you um, it, basically you carve it uh, you you adorn it with uh, silver and, and and gold and this kind of thing. You, uh, you know, some people believe that that's talking about a Christmas tree. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, you know, Christmas is 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 not even but a, a speck of dust in in the universe compared to. You know, I don't think it would be talking about a Christmas tree. You know, like uh, how many fifteen hundred years in advance when it's not you know that big of a deal. Anyway, but I think it's talking about, in the full context. Uh, I think it's talking about this kind of this kind of thing. He, he goes, he sets a tree, and I think in context, what it implies is that he 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 takes that tree and he carves an idol out of it, something wood, uh, preparing an idol that will not totter. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been declared to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundation? foundations of the earth it is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to live in it is he who reduces rulers to nothing who who makes it who makes the judges of the earth meaningless scarcely have the have they been planted scarcely have they been sown Scarcely has their stock taken root in the earth, but he merely blows on them and they wither and the storm carries them away like stubble. To whom then will you compare me? That I would, would be his equal, says the Holy One. Raise your eye and see who has created these stars. The one who brings out their multitude by number, he calls them all by name because of the greatness of his might and the strength of his power. None of them is, is missing. Why do you say, Jacob, and you assert Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord and the justice do me escapes the notice of my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives strength to the weary and to the one who lacks 
might, he increases power. Though youths weary and are tired, vigorous men, vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up like wings or with wings as eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. I got to say a few things here before we get on to the next chapter. Okay, so um, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. Okay, so <laughs> I'm just thinking about how many how many times we we talk to people about the the Trinity, okay, and their understanding of the Trinity and the doctrine of the Trinity and all that kind of thing. And you know, we heard like you know that. Uh, the doctrine of the Trinity uh, dictates that that Jesus is uh, is co-equal with the Father, and some people believe that He is actually the Father. That He is actually the Father in the flesh. But if that's the case, He would not become weary or tired, and Jesus became weary and tired. Can you imagine if He didn't? Can you imagine how weird that would be if He didn't? It's like when He was born, the baby's always awake. Always awake, never tired. As as, as a little around, never tired. Always running around. Mary and Joseph would probably die from exhaustion. Just saying. Isaiah chapter forty one. Listen to the silence, you coastlands, and let the peoples gain new strength. Let them come forward and let them speak. Let's come together for judgment. Who has stirred, who has stirred one from the east? Whom he calls in righteousness to his feet. He turns nations over to him and subdues kings. He makes them like dust with his sword, like the driven the wind-driven chaff with his bow. He pursues them, passing on in safety. By a way he has not, he had not been traversing with his feet. Who, ha who has performed and accomplished it, summoning the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, am the first, and with the last, I am he. Now, interesting I'm just going to stop here for a second. Now, this is worded a little bit different than what you would normally expect, right? I, the Lord, am the first. And you'd expect him to say, and the last. But he's, but it says here in this translation, and with the last, I am he. Just out of curiosity, let's see what the Septuagint says on in this passage. So this is Isaiah chapter 41. And I'm just going to put SEP in here in the... Um, Okay, it says, uh, I, God, the first and to all futurity, I am. Okay, that's a little bit different. Okay, so what does it mean when God says, I am the first and with the last? Or as it, as it says in the book of Revelation, I am the first and I am the last. What does that mean? If Let's say, for example, um, okay, so I got a pen on me here. Let's just say, for example, 
This, sorry, this pen is the first and the last pen. If this pen was the first pen, if this if this pen was the first pen ever created and the last pen ever created, what does it make it? Of course, this is the only pen, right? If it's just a fancy way of saying this is the only pen. So when the Lord says, I am the first and I am the last, it's just a poetic way of saying, there's none besides me. I, there's no other. I am the only one. I'm the first and I'm the last. Verse five, the coastlands have seen and are afraid. The ends of the earth tremble. They have approached and have come. Each one helps his neighbor and says to his brother, be strong. To the craftsman, so the craftsman encourages the smelter, and he who smooths metal with the hammer encourages him who beats the anvil, saying of the, of the soldering, it is good, and he fastens it with nails, so that it, would not, it will not totter. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, descendant of Abraham, and my friend, you whom I, you whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from the remotest parts and said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and you have not re and have not rejected you. Do not fear. You know, God says this a lot, you know, throughout the scriptures. Do not fear. It's, you know, it's a natural human, it's a natural human incl inclination to, to be afraid. To be afraid of certain things. To, to be worried, be over-concerned, over to fear. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will also help you. I will also uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who are angered at you will be shamed and dishonored. Those who contend with you will be as nothing and will perish. Wow, isn't that awesome? That's uh, that's God fighting for you for sure. I mean, when God's on your side like that, I mean, any those who contend with you will be as nothing and will perish. I mean, all they got to do is contend with you to get the, to, you know, to get the, the judgment here. Verse 12. You will seek those you like those who quarrel with you but will not find them wow i'm thinking about uh, myself uh, how many times i mean i uh, when it comes to doing what we do here and um you know bringing out these unspoken truths that a lot of people wouldn't even talk about we talk about a lot of people fight a lot of people fight with me a lot of people want to fight. A lot of people want to pick a fight. A lot of people want to quarrel. A lot of people want to argue. Do you, you will seek those who quarrel with you, but will not find them. Those who war with you will be as nothing and non-existent. 
For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand, who says to you, do not fear. I will help you. Do not fear, you worm Jacob, you people Israel. I will help you, declares the Lord. And your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. Redeemer in the footnotes, uh, Redeemer, uh, comma, the Holy One of Israel. Behold, I turned you into a new sharp threshing sledge with double ed double edges. You will thresh the mountains and pulverize them. Again, what is this? This is not talking about like uh, literally. Okay, this is not. Again, let's not take it hyper literally. Uh, this is talking about threshing those in high positions. Uh, this is talking about those who are um, threshing those who are uh, lifted up, basically. And make the hills like chaff. You will winnow them, and the wind will carry them away. And the storm will scatter them. But you will rejoice in the Lord. You will boast in the Holy One of Israel. The poor and needy are seeking water, but there is none. And their tongues are parched with thirst. I, the Lord, will answer them myself. As the God of Israel, I will not abandon them. I will open rivers on the bare heights and springs in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land fountains of water. Again, we see this, this, this concept of inversion, you know, taking something and, and making it really the opposite. I will put the cedar in the wilderness. The cedar would be the large, beautiful um, tree, right? A large, beautiful tree. I will put the cedar in the wilderness, the acacia, the myrtle, and the olive tree. I will place the juniper in the desert, together the elm tree with the elm tree and the cypress so that they may see and recognize and consider and gain insight as well, that the hand of the Lord has done this and the Holy One of Israel has created it. Just uh, talked to a, a, uh, uh, a wonderful brother that uh, has uh, been asking for lots of prayer and uh, and he just, uh, it's amazing what God is, is doing in his life. Um, even as we speak. So just amazing, amazing, amazing. Uh, thank you again for your patience, guys. I appreciate it so much. Um, let me just, for some reason, this live stream uh, ended over here. So, and we'll get back on here. By the way, if you guys, if you guys have any um, prayer requests, and you know, this is, this is an amazing thing, because I mean, um, this particular brother was just like absolutely, I mean, it was, it's a very, um, trying to find the right words to, to say, but it's, it's a very amazing thing what happened here. Uh, just recently, God is answering prayer and, um, you know, I just praise God. Praise Yah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Um, so yeah, you guys, if any of you guys have any prayer requests, Please submit it in the live chat as we read this. This is an amazing night. This is an amazing night because uh, 
you know, look at what we're reading. We're reading some of the most powerful scriptures in the Tanakh. Um, I mean, it's all good, especially the Torah, but uh, we're reading Isaiah here. Uh, it's amazing, absolutely amazing. So, um, yeah, what can I say? Okay, let's continue. And again, if you guys have any uh, specific questions for me, just put at Christopher in the live chat as well. At Christopher. Okay, guys. All is good. All is very, very good. All is very, very good. Amen, amen. Verse 21, present your case, the Lord says. You know, I love this. You know why? Because it's like, it's like, see how reasonable God is? He wants us to approach him and to talk to him. We, we read the very, the very same kind of concept in the first chapter of Isaiah, you know. Come, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though sins be like scarlet, they shall be white as wool, as white as snow. You know, so it's just amazing. Present your case, the Lord says. Bring forward your evidence. The king of Jacob says, let them bring them forward and declare to us what is going to take place. As the former events, declare what they were so that we may consider them and know their outcome or announce to us what is coming. Declare the things that are going to come afterward so that we may know that you are God's. Indeed, do good or evil that we may be afraid and fear together. Behold, you are less than nothing, and your work is less than nothing. He who chooses you is an abomination. I have put one from the north in motion, and he has come. From the rising of the sun, he will call on my name, and he will come upon rulers as upon mortar. As the potter treads on clay, who has, de who has declared this from the beginning that we might, or from the former times, that we might say he is right? There was no one at all who declared. There was no one at all who proclaimed. There was no one at all who heard your words. Previously, I said to Zion, behold, here they are. And to Jerusalem, I will give a messenger of good news. But when I look, there is no one. But there is no, and, and there is no counselor among them. Who, if I ask, can give an answer? Behold, all of them are false. Their works are nothing. Their cast metal images are wind and emptiness. Isaiah chapter 42. Be my servant whom I uphold, uphold in the footnotes, hold fast. My chosen one in whom my soul delights, I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not quote, nor raise his voice, nor make his voice heard in the street. A bent reed he will not break off, and a dimly burning wick he will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not be disheartened, disheartened 
or crushed until he has established justice on the earth. And the coastlands will wait expectantly for his law or his instructions, his Torah. His Torah. The coastlands. Here it is. Here it is. The coastlands. What does that mean? That's the Gentiles. The Gentiles shall wait expectantly for his law. You know, I I just got to say something. Can I just kind of share my heart here a minute? Sometimes I wish I could have like, you know, like 20 different books, like notebooks open and take notes of every, you know, like, for example, this is, this is one of umpteen hundred, (laughs) umpteen hundred uh, passages of scripture that proves that the Torah is for the Gentiles. And this whole dispensationalism thing is just nothing but vanity. It's, It's completely false. The coastlands will wait expectantly for his Torah. Now, most Christians would say this his is talking about Jesus because it's talking about the servant, my servant. You know, it's his, you know, I will put my spirit upon him. But it's the coastlands, the Gentiles who wait expectantly for his Torah, his law. Verse five. This is what God, the Lord, says. Who created the heavens and stretched them out. Who spread out the earth and its offspring. Who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will hold you by the hand of, excuse me, I will hold you by the hand and watch over you. And I will appoint you as a covenant of the people as a light to the nations, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those who dwell in darkness from the prison. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to idols. Behold, the former things have come to pass. Now I declare new things. Before they sprout, I proclaim them to you. Remember what it says um, elsewhere in the Tanakh. It says that uh, we we read this earlier, that uh, God doesn't do anything without first letting his servants, the prophets, know. How close a relationship you, you, you could have with God. Verse 10. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to sing his praise from the end of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that is in it, you islands and those who live on them, let the wilderness Andes raise their voices. The settlements which Kedar inhabits, let the inhabitants of Selah sing aloud. Let them shout for joy from the tops of the mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare his praise in the coastlands. The Lord will go out like a warrior. He will stir his zeal like a man of war. He will shout. Indeed, he will raise a war cry. He will prevail against his enemies. 
I have kept silent for a long time. I have I have kept still and restrained myself. Like a woman in labor, I will groan. I will both gasp and pant. Can you imagine God doing this? I will lay waste the mountains and hills and wither all their vegetation. I will turn the rivers into coastlands and dry dry up the ponds. I will lead those who are blind by the way they have not known. In paths they have not known, I will guide them. I will turn darkness into light before them and uneven land into plains. These are things I will do, and I will not leave them undone. I will be turned back and be utterly put to shame who trust in idols, who say to cast metal images, you are ours. Hear, you who are deaf, and look, you who are blind, so that you may see. Who is blind but my servant? Or so deaf as my messenger whom I send? Who is so blind as one who is at peace with me? At peace, the devoted one. Or so blind as the servant of the Lord. You have seen many things, but do not retain them. Your ears are open, but no one hears. The Lord was pleased for his righteousness sake to make the law great and glorious. But this is a people plundered and pillaged. All of them are trapped in caves or are hidden away in prisons. They have come plunder with no one to save them and spoil one to say, give them back. Who among you will listen to this? Who will pay attention and listen in the, in the time to come? Who gave Jacob up for spoils and Israel to plunderers? Was it not the Lord against whom we have sinned? And in whose ways they were not willing to, to walk? And whose law they did not obey? So he poured out on them, excuse me, for, so he poured out on him the heat of his anger and the fierceness of battle, and it set him aflame all around, yet he did not recognize it, and it turned and it burned him. And he paid no, but he paid no attention. Isaiah chapter 43, Israel redeemed. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who is your creator, Jacob. Hello there on, hello Badir on uh, Podbean there. Welcome, welcome. By the way, I'm, I'm going to be reading several, uh, just as a little bit of a interlude here. We're going to be reading, uh, I'm going to be reading several chapters. And after that, we'll be going through your comments and your questions. So if you have any questions or comments, feel free to leave them and uh, put them in the live chat. And I will get to them when I'm done reading the scriptures here. In the meantime, hey, just sit back and relax and just enjoy, 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 enjoy. But now this is what the Lord says. He who, he who is your creator, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel. Now notice again. Um, Jacob, it re 
Jacob speaks of kind of like the, the old man, right? The fleshly, uh, the sinful man. Whereas Israel speaks of the new man, right? Uh, the one who is uh, in love with God, so to speak. The one who is seeking God. So to Jacob, he's creator. Okay. This is what I mentioned before that everything that God creates is corruptible. I believe this is why Adam, Adam sinned, Eve sinned, because they were created. Whereas, as it says in 1 John, you know, he who was born of God does not sin because the seed of God remains in him. I know that's a profound thing, but I know some of you are able and willing to take, you know, listen to a little bit of profound sayings here, but creator Jacob, God created the old man, so to speak, but formed Israel. It's almost like Israel's made of God, so to speak, if I can put it that way, if you know what I mean. God formed Israel. He who formed you, O Israel, do not fear. Here we are again. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I have given Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba, in exchange for you, since you are precious in my sight, since you are honored and I love you, I will, I will give other people in your place and other nations in exchange for your life. Do not fear. For I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name and whom I have created for my glory whom I have formed, even whom I have made. Bring out the people who are blind, even though they have eyes, and those who are deaf, even though they have ears. All the nations have gathered together so that the peoples may be assembled. Among them can declare this and, and proclaim to us the former things. Let them present their witnesses so that they may be justified, or let them hear and say, it is true. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, and there will be none after me. I, only I, am the Lord. And there is no Savior besides me. 
It is I who have declared and saved and proclaimed, and there is no strange God, and there was no strange God among you. So you are my witnesses, declares the Lord. And I am God. Even from eternity, I am he. And there is no one who can rescue from my hand. I act, and who can reverse it? This is what the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, says. For your sake I have sent to Babylon, and I will bring them all down as fugitives. Even the Chaldeans into the ships over which they rejoice I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. This is what the Lord says. He who makes a way through the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings out the chariot and the, the, the army and the mighty man, they will lie down together and not rise again. They have been extinguished and have gone out like a wick. Do not call to mind the former things or consider things of the past. Behold, I am going to do something new. Now it will spring up. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a, a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. The animals of the field will glorify me, the jackals and the ostriches. Because I have given waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The way God talks like, the way God talks is if the animals actually know God. The animals of the field will glorify me, the jackals and the ostriches. Because I have given waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people. The people whom I formed for myself will declare my praise. Yet you have not called on me, Jacob, and you have become weary of me, Israel. You have not brought me or brought to me the sheep of your burnt offerings, nor have you honored me with your sacrifices. I have not burdened you with offerings, nor wearied you with incense. You have not bought me sweet cane with money, nor have you satisfied me with the fat of your sacrifice. Rather, you have burdened me with your sins. You have wearied me with your wrongdoings. I, I alone, am the one who wipes out your wrongdoings for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. Meet me in court. Let's argue our case together. State your cause. See, no, I, I do have to say this again, please. I do have to say this again. Notice how God wants a reasonable dialogue with, with his people. Even those who make him angry, even those who disappoint him, notice how he is calling out to everyone. Calling out. You hear his heart here. He wants to meet with you. This is the third time we, we read this in the, in the um, book of Isaiah so far. Just a little while ago, we read it. We read it in the very beginning in, in chapter one. You know, Come, let us reason together, says the Lord. 
State your cause so that you may be proved right. See, <laughs> God, God honors you and respects you enough to give you the opportunity to, to prove yourself. He lets you state your case. He gives you time to talk. Your first forefather sinned, and your, spokes, your, your spokesmen have rebelled against me. Forefather here in the um, footnotes, literally father. And your spokesmen have, have rebelled against me. So I will profane the, official, the officials of the sanctuary, and I will turn Jacob over to destruction and Israel to abuse. I will profane the officials. Literally, the holy princes, or holy princes. Isaiah chapter 44. But now listen, Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. This is what the Lord says, he who made you and formed you from the womb, who will, who will help you. Again, we see this. Do not fear. Jacob, my servant, and Yeshurun. Now, this would be another name for Israel, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants, and they will spring up among the grass like, pop like poplars by streams of water. This one will say, I am the Lord's, and that one will call on the name of Jacob, and another will write on his hand, belonging to the Lord, and will give himself Israel's name with honor. This is what the Lord says, he who is the king of Israel and his redeemer, the Lord of armies. I am the first and I am the last. There we are right there. I am the first and I am the last. There is no God besides me. Now, again, this is another example of not, we shouldn't be too hyper literal either here. I mean, on one, on one hand, God spoke a lot about other gods, right? He said, you know, you form other gods, you, you know, you, you tell them, you know, you say, you, but, you know, on the other hand, he said, there's no God besides me. And we know, we know what this means. Basically, the other gods, so-called gods are just that. They're just so-called gods. They're just, they're empty. You know, there's no power in them at all. God is the only one in, uh, that holds all power. Verse 7. Who is like me? Mika, you know, Mika Mocha, who is like you? Let him proclaim and declare it. And let him confront me. Beginning with my establishing of the ancient nation. And let them declare to them the things that are coming, the events that are going to take place. Do not tremble and do not be afraid. I have not. I. Uh, have I not long since announced it to you and declared it, and you are my witnesses? Is there any God besides me, or is there any other rock? I know of none. Those who fashion an idol are all futile, and their, their treasured things are of no benefit. Even their own witnesses fail to see or know. 
so that they will be put to shame. Who has fashioned a God? You see, again, you're talking about a God, right? Who has fashioned a God, right? Or cast an idol to no benefit. Behold, all his companions will be put to shame. For the craftsmen themselves are mere men. Let them all assemble themselves. Let them, let them stand up. Let them tremble. Let them be put to shame together. The craftsman of iron shapes a cutting tool and does his work over the coals, fashioning it with hammers and working it with his strong arm. He also gets hungry and his strength fails. He drinks no water and becomes weary. The craftsman of wood extends a measuring, a measuring line. He outlines it with a marker. He works it with carving knives and outlines it with a cup and makes it like the form of a man, like the beauty of mankind, so that it, so that it may sit in a house. He cuts cedars for himself, and he takes a home oak and another oak and lets it grow strong for himself among the trees of the forest. He plants a laurel tree, and the rain makes it grow. Then, then it becomes something. Then it becomes something for a person to burn, so that he takes one of them and gets warm. He also makes a fire and bakes bread. He also makes a god and worships it. He makes a carved image and bows down before. Again, we got this concept again. I uh, just wanted to point this out again for those of you who are just joining us new. We're in uh, Isaiah chapter 44. This is verse 14, 15, okay? Uh, and we see this over and over and over and over and over again throughout the Tanakh, and that is the concept of going to a forest, cutting down a tree, and making an idol of, out of it. Making, you know, a and this is why I say that I, uh, Jeremiah is just basically, he is only repeating, he's being redundant in repeating this concept in that you go to the forest, you, you, you cut down a tree, you know, and it, the implication is you carve it into an idol. And you know, he says you adorn it with silver, you adorn it with gold, yada, yada, yada. But a lot of people think that, that means a Christmas tree. No, I don't think so. Uh, I think it's talking about a, a, a real idol. Um, that they worship as a god. In inconsistent in, in um, you know being consistent with the rest of Scripture. Verse sixteen: Half of it he burns in the fire. Over this half he eats meat. He roasts a roast and is satisfied. He also warms himself and says, "Aha! I am warm. I have seen the fire." Yet the rest of it he makes into a god, he, his carved image. He bows down before it and worships. He also prays to it and says, save me for you are my god. They do not know, nor do they understand, for he has smeared over their eyes so that they cannot see, in their hearts so they cannot, they cannot comprehend. No one remembers, nor is there knowledge or understanding to say, I have burnt half of it in the fire, and also 
uh, have baked bread over its coals. I roast meat and eat it. Then I make the rest of it into an abomination. I bow down before the, a block of wood. He feeds on ashes. A deceived heart has misled him, and he cannot save himself, nor say, is there, is there not a lie in my right hand? Remember these things, Jacob and Israel, for you are my servant. I have formed you. You are my servant, Israel. You will not be forgotten by me. I have wiped out your wrongdoings like a thick cloud and your sins like a heavy mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. There we are again. Repentance. Teshuva. Return to me. Shout for joy, you heavens, for the Lord has done it. Now, this could be, let me just stop here for just a moment. This could be what Yeshua, this, is, this could be what Jesus was talking about. that. When one person turns from their sin, when one person, when one sinner repents, we, we have joy in heaven. And the angels of heaven rejoice, right? So we see the same concept here. Return to me, that's the repentance, for I have redeemed you. Shout for joy, you heavens. There's, there's the, uh, the party right there. For the, for the Lord has done it. Shout joyfully, you lower parts of the earth. Break into a shout of jubilation, you mountains, forest, and every tree in it. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob, and, and in Israel he shows his glory. This is what the Lord says. He who is your Redeemer, and the one who forms you from the womb, I, the Lord, am the maker of all things, stretching out this by myself, and spreading out the earth alone, causing the omens of diviners to fail, making fools of, fort of fortune tellers, causing wise men to turn back and making their knowledge ridiculous. Confirming the word of his servant and carrying out the purpose of his messengers. It is I who says of Jerusalem, she shall be inhabited and of the cities of Judah, they shall be built and I will raise her ruins again. I am the one who says to the depth of the sea, dry up and I will make your rivers dry up. It is I who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd, and he will carry out all my desire. And he says of Jerusalem, she will be built, and of the temple, your foundation will be laid. Isaiah chapter 45, here we are. This is what the Lord says to Cyrus, his anointed. Keep in mind, and I, was, I said this before, but I think it's very important to kind of reiterate this um, at this point. The word, when you, whenever you see the word anointed, usually in the Tanakh, in the so-called Old Testament, many times it's translated from the Hebrew word Mashiach, which means Messiah. Uh, in the Greek, Christ. Okay? The Jews would tell you, and I do believe they know the truth on this because this is their word. They study it more than most, almost every Christian. In the Tanakh, there's there are many there are how many messiahs? There are many people who are anointed in the Tanakh. Not just one messiah. And I know that's a 
That's like a novel concept to a lot of Christians. But I mean, if you actually, this is what, you know, I think about uh, Rabbi Singer and he talks about how, you know, how uh, much of a shame it is that in Christian schools, they don't teach Hebrew. I mean, if, if anything should be taught, it should be Hebrew, being that the Bible is, you know, the majority of the Bible is written in Hebrew, okay, especially the Tanakh is written in Hebrew, um, unless you're going by the Septuagint, but even then it's translated from the Hebrew. But you see, you don't see these, you don't see these things when you, when you read it in the English. And that's why another rabbi that I know, uh, he said that, um, and he commonly says this. I've heard him say this many times. 80%. I mean, 80, 80, not 18, 80, 80% of the meaning is lost in translation. Think about that for a sec. 80% of the meaning of the word of God is lost in translation. That's quite a statement. It's quite a statement. This is what the Lord says to Cyrus, his anointed. Now, let's just, for the sake of it, let's go to Isaiah 41, verse 1. Um, Isaiah or excuse me, 45, verse 1. Um, and we'll check it out in the interlinear. Yeah, Messiah, right? Mashiach, right there. That's what it is. That's what it says. Right? So Cyrus. Um, uh, where are we? There we are. This is what the Lord says to Cyrus, his anointed, whom I have taken by the right hand to subdue nations before him and to undo the weapons belts on the waist of kings, to open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. I will go before you and make the rough places smooth. I will shatter the doors of bronze and cut through their iron bars. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden wealth of secret places so that you may know that it is that it is I the Lord the God of Israel who calls you by your name for the sake of Jacob my servant and Israel my chosen one I have also called you by your name I have given you a title of honor though you have not known me. I am the Lord, and there is no one else. There is no God except me. I will arm you, though you have not known me, so that people may know from the rising to the setting of the sun that there is no one besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no one else the one forming light and creating darkness, causing well-being and creating disaster. I am the Lord who does all these things. Drip down, heavens, from above, and let the clouds pour down righteousness. Let the earth open up and, and salvation bear fruit, and righteousness sprout with it. I, the Lord, have created it. Woe to the one who quarrels with his maker, a piece of pottery among the other earthenware pottery pieces. Will the clay say to the potter, what are you doing? 
or the thing you are making say he has no hands? Woe to him who says to a father, what are you fathering? Or to a woman, what are you, uh, to what are you giving birth? This is what the Lord says, the Holy One of Israel and his maker. Ask me about the things to come concerning my sons, and you shall commit to me the work of my hands. It is I who made the earth and created mankind upon it. I stretched out the heavens with my hands, and I ordained all their lights. I have stirred him in righteousness, and I will make all his ways smooth. He will build my city and let my exiles go free without any payment or reward, says the Lord of armies. This is what the Lord says. The products of Egypt and the merchandise of Cush, Cush would be Ethiopia, and the Sabaeans, men of stature, will come, will come over to you and will be yours. They will walk behind you. They will come over in chains and will bow down to you. They will plead with you. God's, God certainly is with you, and there is no one else, no other God. Truly, you are a God who hides himself, God of Israel, Savior. They will be put to shame and even humiliated, all of them. The manufacturers of idols will go away together in humiliation. Israel has been saved by the Lord with an everlasting salvation. You will not be put to shame or humiliated to all eternity. For this is what the Lord says. He who created the heavens, he is the God who formed the earth and made it. He established it and did not create it as a waste place, but formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is no one else. I have not spoken in secret in some dark land. I did not say to the offspring of Jacob, seek me in a wasteland. I, the Lord, speak righteousness, declaring things that are right. Gather yourselves and come. See, by the way, what does it mean to speak righteousness? It means to speak, to declare things that are right. That's all that it means. Gather yourselves and come. Come together, you survivors of the nations. They have no knowledge who carry around their woolen idol and pray to a God who cannot save. Declare and present your case. Indeed, let them consult together. Who has announced this long ago? Who, who has long since declared it? Is it not I, the Lord? And there is no other God beside me, a righteous God and a Savior. There is none except me. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. I have sworn by myself. The word has gone out from my mouth in righteousness and will not turn back. That to me every knee will bow, every tongue will swear allegiance. They will say of me, only in the Lord are righteousness and strength 
people will come to him and all who are and all who were angry at him will be put to shame in the lord all the offspring of israel will be justified and will boast isn't that powerful isaiah chapter Bel has bowed down. Bel, um, Baal, God, it's a God, not the God. Nabo stoops over. Their idols have become loads for the animals and the cattle. The things that you carry are burdensome, a load for the weary animal. They stooped, they stooped over. They have bowed down together. They could not rescue the burden, but, but have themselves gone into captivity. Listen to me, house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel, you who have been carried by me from birth and have been carried from the womb. Even in your old age, I will be the same. And even in your graying hairs, I will carry you. I have done it, and I will bear you. I. And I will carry you and I will save you. To whom would you liken me and make me equal and compare me that we would be alike? Those who lavish gold from the bag and, and weigh silver on the scale hire a goldsmith and he makes it into a god. They bow down. Indeed, they worship it. They lift it on the shoulder, carry it and set it in its place. And it stands there. It does not move from its place, though one may may though excuse me though one may shout to it, it cannot answer. It cannot save him from his distress. Remember this and be assured. Recall it to mind, you wrongdoers. Remember the former things long past. For I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is no one like me, declaring the end from the beginning. And from the ancient, from ancient times, things that, things which have not been done, saying, "My plan will be established, and my, and I will, excuse me, and I will accomplish all my good pleasure." Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my purpose from a distant country. Truly, I have spoken. Truly, I will bring it to pass. I have planned it. I will certainly do it. This this phrase here, declaring the end from the beginning. I know I know a few of you will, will know what I'm talking about here. This word "beginning" uh, in the original Hebrew has its roots in uh, in the Hebrew word "bereshit," which is actually the name for the first book of the Bible, Genesis. I, I find it amazing because it's like it's God says, I declare the end from the beginning. In other words, I declare the end from Genesis. I will show you how things are going to turn out from Genesis. Basically, Genesis is your source of eschatology, your source of end time prophecy. Consider how Jesus himself, consider how Jesus himself preached about end time events. He spoke about Lot, right? Um, consider Lot's wife, right? 
you spoke about Lot from Genesis. As it was in the days of Noah, it's from Genesis. It says in the book of Revelation, it talks a lot about Babylon. Babylon is another name for Babel, which is famous for its tower, the Tower of Babel. Um, Genesis. It says the end time, the end times will, will be like Babylon. So without, I mean, and then we have the whole concept of when, when Jesus comes back, it's going to be like when Joseph, when Jesus comes back and reveals himself to the world, especially to his people, to his brothers, so to speak, the Jewish people, um, we read about it and we see it ex exemplified in the story of Joseph, right? Those of you who know in Genesis, the story of Joseph with all of his brothers, uh, Joseph was, his brothers threw him into a pit, you know, sewed him away as, you know, basically left him as dead, so to speak. And, and Joseph Throughout, through, through the process of time, became exalted to the highest place, pretty much in the world. And, um, and the time came, there was a famine, and the, the, the brothers of Joseph went to Joseph for food. Uh, but they, they didn't know that, that they were talking to Joseph. They didn't know who that was up there. They, they thought they were talking to like the king, right? They, they were talking to Pharaoh, as it were. Um, they didn't know it was Joseph. And they went time and time again to, to their brother, praying to their brother. Keep in mind the word pray just simply means to request, okay? It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean worship. If you ask something for, from anybody, by definition, you are praying according to the old definition, not so much according to the new definition. But So the brothers kept on going to Joseph praying, so to speak. Finally, Joseph couldn't contain himself any longer. He revealed himself. It was a huge, it was a mighty, mighty revelation. It was a very emotional revelation. Just like how Jesus, being one of the brothers, being one of the Jews, and they threw him into a pit, so to speak, into the grave, so to speak, and Yeshua became exalted, highly exalted in the world. And I believe the time is coming very shortly when he is going to reveal himself like Joseph did. But you see, there's so much to say about this. Isaiah 46 verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning. You study the book of Genesis. It's so much is packed in there. It is just so rich. We have the past and we have the future in one book, in the book of Genesis. It's beautiful. And that's not it. I mean, we can go on. We can I'm, I know you guys know we can talk for a long time about the parallels between the book of Genesis and the end times. And oh, yeah, there's lots, lots to say there for sure. Uh, but let's, let's continue with the scripture reading. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things which have not been done saying my plan will be established and I will accomplish all my good pleasure calling a bird of prey from the east the man of my purpose from a distant country truly I have spoken truly I will bring it to pass I have planned it I will certainly do it listen to me you 
stubborn-minded, who are far from righteousness. I will bring, I bring near my righteousness. It is not far off, and my salvation will not delay. I will grant salvation in Zion and my glory for Israel. Isaiah chapter 47. Come now and sit in the dust, virgin daughter of Babylon. Sit on the ground without a throne, daughter of the Chaldeans, for you will no longer be called tender and delicate. Take the millstones and grind flour. Remove your veil, strip off the skirt, uncover the leg, cross the rivers. Your nakedness will be uncovered. Your shame will also be exposed. I will take vengeance and will not spare any, anyone. Our Redeemer, the Lord of armies, is his name, the Holy One of Israel. Sit silently and go into darkness, daughter of the Chaldeans, for you will no longer be called the Queen of Kingdoms. I was angry with my people. I profaned my heritage and handed them over to you. You did not show mercy to them. On the aged, you made your yoke very heavy. You said, I will be a queen forever. Things you did not consider, nor remember the outcome of them. Now then, hear this, you luxuriant one, who lives securely, who says in her heart, I am and there is no one besides me. I will not sit as a widow, uh, nor know the loss of children. But these two things will come on you suddenly in one day. Loss of children and widowhood. They will come on you in full measure. In spite of your many, your many sorceries. This word can mean drugs. And in spite of the great power of your spells, you felt secure in your wickedness and said, no one sees me. This is the great, this is the great foolish thought of every criminal. No one sees me. Your wisdom and your knowledge, they have led you astray. For you have said in your heart, I am and there is no one besides me. But evil will come on you which you will not know how to charm away. And disaster will fall on you, for, for which you cannot atone. And destruction about which you do know will come on you suddenly. Persist now in your spells and in your many sorceries with which you have labored from your youth. Perhaps you will be able to benefit. Perhaps you may cause trembling. You are wearied with your many counsels. Let now the astrologers, those who prophesy by the stars, those who predict by the new moons, stand up and save from what, you will, from what will come upon you. Behold, they have, come, they have become like stubble. Fire burns them. They cannot save themselves from the power of the flame. There will be no coal to warm by... Excuse me, there'll be there will be no core there will be no coal to warm by, nor a fire to sit before. So have those become to you with whom you have labored, those who have done business with you from your youth. Each has wandered in his own way. There is no one to save you. 
Isaiah chapter 48. After, after the reading of this chapter, I will answer your questions. So make sure you put your questions in. And for those of you over there on YouTube, make sure that you put at Christopher in the chat so that I know that, uh, so that I can find your, so I can find your questions. As usually it's, uh, the chat is pretty lively over there on YouTube. Isaiah chapter 48 says, verse one, Hear this, house of Jacob, who are named by Israel, and who came from the waters of Judah, who swear by the name of the Lord, and invoke the God of Israel, but not in truth nor in righteousness. Which reminds me of what Jesus said, right? Like, you worship God in spirit and in truth. For they call, excuse me, for they name themselves after the holy city and lean on the God of Israel, the Lord God of the armies is his name. I declared the former things long ago, and they went out of my mouth, and I proclaimed them. Suddenly I acted, and they came to pass, because I know that you are obstinate, and your neck is as an iron tendon, and your, your, your forehead bronze. Therefore I declared them to you long ago. Before they took place, I proclaimed them to you, so that you would not say my idol has done them, and my carved image and my cast metal image has have commanded them. You have heard, look at all this, and you, will you not declare it? I proclaim to you new things from this time, hidden things which you have not known. They are created now and not long ago. And before today, you have not heard them. So that you, so that you will not say, behold, I knew them. You have not heard them. You have not known. Even from long ago, your ear has not been open because I knew that you would deal very treacherously. And you would be, and you would, excuse me, and you have been called a rebel from birth. For the sake of my name, I delight. Lay my wrath. For my praise, I restrain it for you, in order not to cut you off. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake, I will act. For how can my name be profaned? And I will not give my glory to another. Notice. God repeats this over and over again in Isaiah. Listen to me, Jacob, Israel, whom I called. I am he. I am the first. I am also the last. Assuredly, my hand founded the earth, and my right hand spread out the heavens. When I call to them, they stand together. Assemble, all of you, and listen. Who among them has declared these things? The Lord loves the Lord loves him. He will carry out his good pleasure against Babylon, and his arm will be against the Chaldeans. I, yes, I, I have spoken. Indeed, I have called him. I have brought him, and he will make his ways successful. Come near to me. Listen to this. From the beginning, I have not spoken in secret. From the time it, it took place, I was there. 
And now the Lord God has sent me and his spirit. This is what the Lord says. He who is your redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you to benefit, who leads you in the way you should go. If only you had paid attention to my commandments. There we go, right there. If only you had paid attention to my commandments, then your well-being would have been like a river. See, this is the reason we see this again. I, I, I say this, I said this earlier, I'll say it again, but sometimes I wish like I have like multiple notebooks open all the time where I can take notes. Like every time God gives gives us, clearly gives us the purpose of his Torah being to just so that we will be blessed. He says it over and over and over again. This is my law. These are my commandments. So that you will be blessed. So that it will go well with you. That's it. That's the heart of the Father. Not, I, I repeat, not so that you know that you're a sinner, so that you know, so that you, uh, so, so that you know that you need Jesus. I know that sounds wrong to some people, but that's a fact. God told us over and over and over and over again what the purpose of his Torah is. Man told you what the purpose of his Torah is too. God told you what the purpose of, of his Torah is, and man told you what the purpose of God's Torah is. God said the purpose of the Torah, in accordance with his loving heart, of course, because God is love and he is a father. The purpose of his instructions, his Torah, his laws, his commands, is so that it would go well with you. That's it. The law is an act of grace. It, we read it over and over and over again throughout the word of God. The purpose of the Torah is so that it would go well with you. So that all would be well with you. Not once did God say, hey, I gave you my Torah just so that you would feel beaten down. Just so that you will know that you're a sinner. That's all. Because I know you can't, but because I know you can't obey it. How much of a lie, 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 lie. God, God says the opposite. He says it's easy to obey. Deuteronomy 30 verse, it's not too hard for you. It's not hidden for you, from you. It's not mysterious. It's not, it's not hard for you to do. It's not hard at all. God is not a, a ruthless, unreasonable tyrant to bark out commands to his beloved people. It's like, hey, I love you guys so much. Oh, I love you guys so much that I, you know, I don't want, I'm a God of freedom so much. I bent over backwards with an outstretched arm and a mighty hand. I set you free because I hate bondage so much. And I just want to show you how much I love uh, bondage. Ah, uh, Because as soon as I set you free, I'll throw another bondage on you. Just as your gift of freedom. like. How twisted has Christianity become? How twisted? Very twisted. 
the purpose of the commandments of God so that you can be blessed. Just like any other father, the purpose for his instructions is to keep you safe and well and blessed. Period. Full stop. End of story. If only you had paid attention to my commandments, then your well-being would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. You see, a lot of times when I, some of you guys see this, whenever I um, I point out, you know, there's righteousness in, in, in the so-called Old Testament, they always say, oh no, that's righteousness by faith. Oh no, they, they didn't get righteousness by, by the commandments. Oh yeah, well, you have just, you have just, um, spoken contrary to the word of God, you have just uh, denied uh, Deuteronomy 6.25. Deuteronomy 6.25 says, when you obey the commands, that is your righteousness. Like, hello, it's very, very simple. You know, if you do what's right, you are righteous. Uh, it's just as simple as that. And here, if you pay attention to my commandments, your righteousness will be like the waves of the sea. Not if you ignore my commandments and just have faith still. No. You have to pay attention to his commandments, his Torah. That is our righteousness. This whole, I know I just, I posted a video earlier on. Perhaps I got questions regarding that video. But um, I posted a video earlier on about, um, if you haven't seen it, make sure you watch it. It's about the imputed righteousness of Christ and how it's, 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 it's just absolutely nothing but fantasy. Yes, I said it. Because it's true. I've seen, I, you know how many people I've seen walk around as, like, again, uh, I know a guy, uh, he, he said he was in prison and, and he said these people are very evil people he was in prison with. And he said all of them, all of them claimed the righteousness of Christ, basically. How many of you know you're going to heaven when you die? Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Doing all those horrible crimes all the way to heaven, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sarcastic, obviously. Uh, but it's, it's just ridiculous. There would be no justice in, in any country on earth if, if judges, if judges uh, accepted, oh, let me just, my righteousness, oh, I know he's a horrible criminal and, and society is in danger uh, for, of this guy being free. But I'm just, I'll just take my, you know, my, my good standing and, and I'll just impute it to him. Like, talk about hell on earth. Can you imagine how much of a hell on earth it, it, we, would, we, would, we would have if that was justice? That's not justice at all. That's twisted. That's not justice. I don't even, I mean, twisted, twisted is an understatement. It's injustice. It's evil. The just, the righteousness of the righteous will be upon him. And the wickedness of the wicked will be upon him. Each one will be rewarded for his deeds, not for another, you know, oh, you know, you do good deeds and your neighbor gets rewarded for your good deeds. Or you do wickedness and your neighbor goes to hell because you do wickedness. It doesn't work like that. 
It doesn't work like that. Or you do, or you do, uh, no, your neighbor uh, is a horrible person that deserves to go to jail. And you decide to just go to jail for him and set it and let him free. Do you think, is that how it works? Can you imagine it like being like that? That's, I, to think of it now, how deceived a lot of Christians are. Your righteousness, like the waves of the sea, your descendants would be, would have been like the sand and your offspring like its grains. Their name would never be eliminated or destroyed from my presence. Go out from Babylon, flee from the Chaldeans, declare the sound of joyful shouting, proclaim this, send it out to the end of the earth. Say, the Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. This did not, excuse me, they did not thirst when he led them through the deserts. He made the water flow out of the rock for them. He split the rock and the waters gushed out. There is no peace for the wicked, says the Lord. As it says in another translation, there is no rest for the wicked, says the Lord. See your um, your your comments, your questions here. Uh, uh, we have quite a few there on YouTube as usual. See them right here. Tammy asked a question. Do you think your message has changed since the video you made the farm and the 10 checkpoints? If so, what has changed? Very good question, Tammy. Um, <laughs> I can't, I, you know what? I don't even, I don't remember what, what it was. I really don't. Re it, I know it wasn't that long ago, but I don't even remember what that video is. So it probably did change a lot. So um, I can't even remember all the different checkpoints. Yeah, maybe I should, I, you know, I should do, a, I should do an update on that. I should do an update on that. Uh, I should call it the Christian church and the X number of checkpoints or the, uh, what should I call it? Just trying to think of a name. The narrow gate ro road to salvation. You know, they say the Roman road to salvation, right? Uh, the Roman road to salvation. I was like, when the Jerusalem road to salvation, ah, narrow gate, heaven's road to salvation, or yeah. And the X number of points. Yeah, Tammy, I, I honestly, I, you know, I can't. I, it's been so long ago and I haven't seen that video for probably since I posted it. So I, I don't even, I don't even remember that one. So, uh, yeah, sorry about that, Tammy, but thanks for asking. Mimi says, Shalom and blessing to you all from my husband, Will Sr. And, and me. Blessings to you. Blessings to Will. Good to see you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Jamie says, dead on. Christopher Enoch. Thank you, Jamie. 
going nowhere. Do you think it's wrong to call yourself or anyone else a good person since Jesus said that only God is good? Yes and no. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to get too, you know, I, I understand when people say, you know, so-and-so is a good person. I understand that. I wouldn't really, you know, it, it all depends on the context. Yeah. It all depends on the context. Sometimes I would, sometimes I just let it go because I know they don't mean what the same context that just put it in. All right. See what else we got. And, and by the way, if you guys, Oh, Psalm 94 says, Shalom, everyone just got home. Shalom, Shalom, Shalom. Um, yeah. So, um, if I missed any questions or anything like that, uh, please, uh, Please forgive me. Uh, put at Christopher over there on YouTube. Put at Christopher in the uh, in the live chat. Make it uh, stand out to me. Nate, Nate, are you still there on TikTok? If you're still there, I'll answer your question. Just let me know if you're still there. Judah underscore priest, are you still there? I see you guys asked questions there a while ago. Okay, so Nate's still there. Uh, the question is, opinion on the book of Jasher. Is it scripture? I always hesitate to answer questions like this where is it scripture? Um, because my, my view of scripture, I don't believe there's any... Uh, Nate, I haven't seen my, uh, actually we did a few, uh, several videos on my YouTube channel with, uh, with Onia, one that wasn't that long ago. I forget how many weeks it was now. Uh, we did a, we did a video called evidence of biblical, uh, corruption in the biblical manuscripts. And, uh, it's, it's very important actually to understand that. And the reason why I'm bringing, because, you see, in the evangelical, conservative evangelical world today, the word scripture means 100% word of God truth. Like everything is 100%. And honestly, like I'm, I'll tell you the absolute truth, and it's easily proven. There is no such thing. <laughs> it just is no such thing. And God made it that way because... Uh, I believe, okay, so this, this is my opinion, my speculation. God made it that way because he does not want anybody to worship a book. Okay. Now we study it. I mean, I'm, we, we're studying, we're studying uh, the scriptures all the time. When I say scriptures, I'm talking about everything that's included in the Ethiopian Orthodox canon, the you know uh, the Syriac Orthodox canon, the uh, uh, the Eastern Orthodox canon, the Greek Orthodox canon, and the Dead Sea Scrolls. Those were all considered. Those were all put together with all the rest of the of the books of the Bible, all that kind of stuff. Um, so the honest truth of it is, like honestly, write down honest truth is there is no such thing as perfect, hundred percent inerrant. Especially, and first of all, first of all, we don't have perfect, hundred percent inerrant manuscript, let alone a translation. A translation, 
even more error into it. Okay. It's just, it's just the way it goes. It's by nature. A translation does not bring the fullness of the actual original language out of it. It's, it, it is, it is just a translation. Uh, so having said that, the ancient definition of scripture, I mean, when Paul wrote to Timothy and said, you know, talked about scripture, when the ancient definition of scripture, and by definition, if you look it up in the strong, Strong's Concordance, I actually, I haven't for a while, um, but I'm pretty sure it says something like writings, right? It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean 100% word of God all the time. Actually, by definition, something can be scripture without even being the word of God at all. Um, by definition, okay, but I, I know what you, I I know what you mean by this question. Um, I I said all that to to kind of expand horizons and to expand our view here. The Book of Jasher, I believe there there, there are several different books of Jasher uh, of Jasher. I believe that there one that is. I think is the the legit book of Jasher. I mean, it's the one that you know it, it's spoken of in in Samuel, and um, so having said that, I do believe the book of Jasher has a lot of truth in it. It has a lot of historical um, historical evidence in it and some it's a book that everyone should study absolutely should study definitely not i mean there are again please understand there are different books of jasher there are different ones that are called book of jasher so if you get the right one um then uh you know i believe that that's legit however i do believe just like all the rest of scripture there are contradictions in it there are some, at least. Um, but we find that all the way through the Bible anyway. So, Book of Jasher, sure. Include it in your library, for sure. Absolutely. Thank you for your question, uh, Nate. Loves of Truth asks a question, what does the Ethiopian Bible call our Creator God? Well, uh, I do... I, I can't really tell you, because I don't know Ge'ez. Ge'ez is the language that is written in. Now they claim that Ge'ez is an a, like a fork of the Hebrew. Okay, so uh, having said that, it, it probably is something like El El Ela that kind of um, uh, that kind of word. Um, so that's all i that's all i know about that i uh, love the truth i would love to learn gaz too i would love to learn gaz for sure and nate says thank you for your answer well thank you for asking nate and thank you for asking as well uh, love the truth okay looks like that's all we have okay so um again i started out with this and i'll uh, end with this we do have a book here. Uh, this is written by Jason A. Staples. This is uh, Lord willing. This will be our uh, guest on Friday. Evening. It is a very, a very beefy book too. I mean, it's 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 got a lot of stuff in it, and it's really all about Israel. 
uh, who Israel is and almost everything you could ever, every question you could ever ask about Israel. <laughs> I mean, every which way. There's like 400 pages, 400 plus pages here of, of information about this. It's just absolutely amazing. And I'm looking forward to have uh, Dr. Staples with us on Friday. So um, amazing, amazing, amazing. So make sure you guys don't miss that. Until then as well, uh, again, for those of you who are new, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you subscribe so you don't lose me and um, you get notified when we go when we go live. Every single day we go live by the grace of God. Uh, Sunday through Friday, six, six days a week at 7 p.m. Eastern at 7 p.m. New York time and every Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern. And uh, usually from Sunday to Thursday, we go through like this kind of like a reading of the scripture, digging deep into the scripture um, and this kind of fellowship. And Friday, sometimes more actually... Often we have guests on Friday, sometimes on Saturday, the odd time on Sunday. And so, um, yeah, as always, I appreciate you guys. Thanks again for, for joining me. Thanks again for your fellowship. I hope uh, uh, and pray that uh, this was a great blessing to you and the fellowship that you received here uh, was a great blessing to you as well. So, you know, I, I hope and pray that you guys are just a great blessing to one another as well. You guys are awesome. You guys are world changers. I'm telling you, I'm telling you what we are, what God is doing among us is amazing, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it amazing? It's amazing. Sinner and Believer says, thank you, Brother Christopher. Thank you. Thank you. So we'll be back, Lord willing, tomorrow evening, same time, same place, 7 p.m. Eastern. And we'll continue. Uh, see what we, we're going to read 2 Kings 19 and a few of the Psalms and some more Isaiah as well. And so we're looking forward to it. You always have this really, it wasn't a good, wasn't it meaty tonight? Oh, it was awesome. So much we covered, so much we covered. All right. And if, if I did miss any of your questions, I apologize. Um, please come back tomorrow. Please come back tomorrow and, uh, and, and submit your questions and, uh, and be blessed, guys. I pray the Lord uses all that we read here from the word of God and all that we discussed to be a great blessing in your life that would cause all of us to grow abundantly in faith and in our, in faith and in deed. Amen. Amen. All right. Okay, guys. One John says, thank you and blessings. Blessings multiply back to you. One John, thank you. Great Deception says, thank you, brother. Much love and blessings to you all. And much love and blessings multiplied back to you, Alan. Caballero says, uh, such a wonderful reading tonight. Thank you. Thank you very much, Caballero. Thank you. Be blessed, brother. Vinny says, thank you, Christopher. Always love the fellowship. Many blessings to everyone. Shalom. Thank you. Blessings multiplied back to you as well. Alex says, thanks, blessings. Tammy says, have a wonderful night. You too, Tammy. 
Blessings, blessings, blessings. Wonderful, wonderful night. And Real Truth, Real Truth says Shalom. Great. Love the truth on uh, TikTok says Amen. All right. So I'll see you guys tomorrow night. Until then, as always, I pray the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. Lift up his countenance upon you. Give you wonderful, wonderful shalom. Amen, amen. See you tomorrow night.